Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 66, the second paragraph. We will be reading and commenting on that one paragraph only, which begins with, if we were to live, and ends with, these things are poison. Today's readers are Anita J., Marge E., Christoph L., Janice P.M., and Martha Z. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, June 21st, 2021, are 17,191 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 17191. And 17,192 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 17192. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anita J. to read the OA 12 Steps. Anita, you need to press star one or unmute your mute button on your phone. We can't hear you. Still can't hear you, Anita. Is Martha Z available to read the OA 12 steps? Hi, this is Martha Z, um, compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will 
and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I don't have an accent either. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Martha Z. I will now ask Marge E. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Margie from Massachusetts, recovered but not cured. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, every reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Marge E. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify, 
as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only on page 66, if we were to live through these things are poison. I will now ask Christoph L to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning, this is Christoph L, a recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. And this is the, uh, it just, so it turns out that this is the paragraph that applies in my life today very much with circumstances that I'm facing. So for this, I, I need to say um, my wife has just left me, you know, so that, that is something. She's with another person. She has left. She moved out. And reading this paragraph here is really, really a good, good lesson for me because me as an alcoholic regarding food, I have I have two choices with this. I can either get angry at her, I can I can feel the anger at her at life. I can start to fantasize what I'm going to do about this anger. What am I going to do to her? Um, what what is she going to do to me? And I can really really harbor this and really really hold on to it. And I can then communicate that anger to her, start having heated conversations, start fighting on everything about material things, about emotional things. And I can I can really go down a very, very deep rabbit hole. Now what is the uh the alternative to that for me is to feel the anger because I still feel anger, but then to realize that I have this problem. I am an alcoholic when it comes to food and I have to let go of this anger and I have to use my tools. So I can I can feel the anger, I can realize that I am angry, I can I can ask, I can I can ask my higher power for for the strength to get through all this. I can ask for it to be taken away so that I can continue to be of service to others. I can sit down, I can have a moment, I can call someone and say, I am angry. Can you listen to this, please? Can you give me feedback, please? And I did all these things, and I, I am getting better with it through this program. And the way I think of it is, I can, I can either drink the poison and keep drinking it once I realize I drank poison, or I can take a sip, realize it is poison, and give it away to a fellow and my higher power. 
and today I have the tools to do the latter, and I'm so grateful about that. And I'm also grateful for everyone being on the line today. So with that, I pass. Everyone have a good day. Thank you, Christoph L. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 66, if we were to live through these things are poison, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Hi, Rachel. Katie, Katie G from Boston. Katie G, you know what? I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. Nancy P. Christina J. Listen, I heard Katie G and Nancy P. And now Christina J. So you're gonna have to try. Michael. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Barbara. Oh my goodness. Irene. Okay, Irene. One, two, three, four, five, six. Maybe one more name, and then we'll. Barbara. Yeah, Barbara. Right. Gotcha, Barbara. Okay. All right. So I didn't get the last initials mostly. Here's who I heard, and I'm sorry to all of those of you who I didn't. Katie G, Nancy P, Christina, I think it's J, Victoria, Michael, Irene, and Barbara E. So go ahead, Katie G. Hey, Rebecca. Thanks for taking the meeting. Good morning, everyone. Katie G, Recovered in Boston. Yeah, I just want to start off with some definitions. <clears throat> if we were to live, so there's a lot of death threats here, right? Like uh, I was talking to a gal yesterday, and um, just it didn't sound like she had the disease that I have, which, um, you know, I heard someone talk about justifiable resentment yesterday. There's no such thing as justifiable resentment. It tells me right here that um, it's the dubious, which is debatable. It's a debatable luxury of normal men. So, for example, my, my husband can have an outburst of rage, and he can move on. If I have an outburst of rage, I don't move on. I am rehashing it and refeeling it over and over again. And what happens is for my compulsive eating, right, it's poison because I'm hashing it and I'm rehashing it. I'm rehashing it. And then all of a sudden, the thought comes out of nowhere, the food will fix it. Exercise will fix it. Bulimia will fix it. And I'm not connected to God. The other um, definition that I learned during this is that brainstorm actually means outburst of rage. And I have to tell you that I grew up as an angry, angry, angry young woman. I mean, I, by the time I was 13, I was screaming and shouting at the top of my lungs. But I am not an angry person and I'm not a liar. I'm a fearful woman. And so when I get afraid, I can have these outbursts of anger and it's no longer acceptable. And I have to say, like, I'm not saying that I don't have anger because I do. But today, thank you, God, because of these tools that are so vital that we learn how to do them. Like, I'm not just, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking about step 10 in this. We're on step four. And I'm also, I'm not just looking at where am I selfish, self-centered, dishonest, and afraid, and okay, I can't have anger, so I'm not going to have anger, and now I'm angry, right? Because that's going to piss me off if you tell me not to have anger. But it's about looking at where the main problem is. It's in my mind. Later it's going to tell me perceived angers, right? Someone might have gas and they're looking at me funny. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Or they may tell me flat out they don't like me, but guess what? 
God gave us all free will. It's okay if you don't like me. There's a lot of people in this world. That's okay. I love you. You know, whatever. So I think for me, it's about looking at the causes and conditions of my eating, right, which is anger, starting with fear. And then um, remember that inventory doesn't end with step five, I have to go on. And for me, you know, I continue in step 10 to go back to step six. Okay, God, I'm angry. What can I do? And a lot of people say I can't work on my character defects. Okay, fine. But if I'm feeling angry, I can run out of the room. I can get on my knees. There are actions that I can take. Because again, these things are poison. I have to be free from anger. I don't want to mess around with that today. Thank you so much for your service. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie G. Nancy P. followed by Christina J. Hi, good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston, which would explain my accent. Um, so, you know, free of anger, I, that might as well be in Chinese, or it might as well have been in Chinese. Like, how was I going to be free of anger? I mean, I lived for my resentments. And I used to say to people, there's nothing I like better than a good fight with a bank or an insurance company. And, um, you know, I loved having arguments with people to, you know, get what I wanted, you know, people of, like that. Um, customer, pro, poor customer service representatives. I'm super careful now to be completely nice to everybody that I ever talk to on the phone. And I'm really... Um, you know, I validate them and I tell them, thank you so much for taking the time. You're so kind, even if they're neither, you know, even if they're not taking time and even if they're not kind. Um, because I spent my whole life angry and resentful and nursing my resentment. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just had my 34th wedding anniversary. And um, before we were married, my husband, who has gotten, raised his voice in all these years, probably six times um, when we were first dating and first a couple um something happened he, he was over at my house at my apartment and i was like rawr, rawr, you know something like that and he told me he was afraid <laughs> and i said oh i wasn't yelling at you i was just like mad because whatever it was but that was like a should have been a clue to me that it's so unattractive and so harmful to the people around me that you know one what i consider to be a modest um expression of frustration frightened a grown man um and today you know i sometimes you know we get these things i talk to people every day people i call people or whatever in conversation of with other compulsive overeaters which is the most important thing that i do to keep my surrender and my spiritual wakefulness plump and green um you know i remind people like you know it's not one and done we're always going to have, you know, we, me personally, I will always be tending towards an outburst. Not all, you know, some things that used to bother me, I no longer perceive even. It's not even on my radar. Other things have not quite been resolved, and yet others are waiting to get in to my life when, as soon as there's an open space. So, you know, luckily for me, you know, I, you know, I don't, I'm no longer looking in, you know, those things aren't for us. Well, neither was a boyfriend and pretty clothes and, you know, a good job, you know, when I was, when I was obese and, you know, in college and, you know, I never had any of that. Those things weren't for me, you know, they were for other people that lived normal lives. Well, you know, the one thing, the difference between then and now, besides all the incidental details was complete, total, utter, entire surrender. 
Like I now know that I'm a compulsive overeater, my life is unmanageable, and I believe it. And um, for years, I didn't. I was like, maybe it's not really true for me. And today it is. So surrender, surrender, surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Christina J., followed by Victoria. Good morning. Christina J. from the state of Washington. Uh, Recovered for today. 2014, I came in. And I saw, and this is the paragraph above was exactly where we were. Uh, sunlight of the spirit, and someone called the opposite a spiritual blackout, and I said, yes, that's what's happening to me, and it was like a light shone out of the heavens, and uh, it took until July of 2020 uh, for me to find my neutrality around food, and why was that? Because I was still dancing with the grouch and the brainstorm. These things are poison. I never considered myself an angry person. I was always a quiet, and um, when anger came, I would go hide. I would not make a good lawyer. My husband got angry at me this weekend, and I saw the pattern. I withdrew inside of myself. I got like a child, and I tried to avoid the subject. I ran around doing different things. The next day, of course, God gave me the courage to talk through it with him, But um, and that's the miracle of this program. So the grouch was always hidden in me, but I was angry, seething inside, fear. Fear was mixed in with anger. And then I would have brainstorms, try to figure out how to get out of the anger, how to get, out of, how to get back at the person, the injustices I felt in the world or whatever, you know. Brainstorming. Now, these things are poison. They're poison because they keep me from that sunlight of the spirit that wants to beam into my body and fill me with light and love and being of service to others. They steal my life. And the only way I get out of it is in the morning I go to my chair and I either do a two-way prayer, a meditation, readings, whatever God guides me to do for the day, and I cry out from the dark, deep part of my soul that has enveloped me to the point where I feel like it's useless to even do the prayer. But you know what? As I do this stuff, my heart opens, and I hear God's voice, and I hear, I begin to feel the sunlight of the Spirit. It's not extremely bright yet, but it clears me. One thing that happens <clears throat> to me is that I dance with these, these devils in my head. I dance with these devils, and it's just like the food. It's an addiction. I get addiction to the drama in my head, and I go on and on and on with it. And I heard something the other night when this old resentment kept bugging me. Uh, God said, you know, surrender it. Breathe, relax, and surrender. Every time it comes up. We've already talked to you about it. I've talked to you about it. You've done ten steps on it. Now let's get your head away from it. Because your head just like a bunch of monkeys. They just want to keep dancing around with all the crap, you know. And so I get to breathe. I get this little wonderful tool God gave me. Relax and surrender it at our feet. Let us have it. You don't have to have it anymore. You don't have to have this poison. Because when that poison gets going in my head, it flows through my body like some kind of, um, I don't know what, poison I guess is the right word. But um, today I don't have to do that. And it took me a long time to realize that if I just go to God, if I just take this stuff to God, this crap, this stuff, and I work through it, I see, you know, I see the glory of it. Because the glory of it is that it brings me closer to God. So um, anyway... It's it's a beautiful program. I encourage everyone out there to get going on it. This chapter, can I finish up here? This step is where the rubber meets the road, baby. Okay, love you all. Bye-bye. Thanks, Christina J. Uh, we have Victoria next and then Michael, but in the meantime, I'm just going to let those who got on the meeting late know right. that we're sharing 
Hi, Victoria. Before Good morning. You share, I'm just, Victoria, before you share, I just want to let people know if they got on late what we're sharing on. And that is the second paragraph on page 66. If we were to live through these things are poison. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Victoria. Hi, Victoria L. I'm a compulsive eater and I live in Muncie, Indiana. Can I be heard? You can be heard. Okay, great. Thank you. Oh, I'm so happy that we shared on this this morning. I mean, for me, this is one of the main cruxes of my issues. My mom wrote in my baby book, I kid you not, talking by age one, talking back by age one and a half, or maybe two and two and a half or something like that. And, um, you know, it says in the big book, we cease fighting everyone and everything, and we pause when agitated. But how on earth do we do that when we feel, how on earth do I do that when I feel intense anger or intense rage? You know, I was brought up in a household that on the outside looked really great. Everyone thought, you know, God, those kids are really good in church and stuff. But what was going, it's because we knew we would have the living shit beat out of us when we got home if we weren't good in church. And so there was a lot of trauma and there was a lot of abject abuse and I can remember my dad, like as a kid, he'd be working on the car or something and whistling and all my friends would say, oh, your dad is such a happy guy. Um, But then something would go wrong or something would break and he would go from zero to 60 in about 10 seconds flat. And then he would be cursing and throwing stuff. And I was so terrified of him that I would actually wet myself when he would come home from work. That's how afraid I was of my dad. And, you know, that anger transferred to me. And so... I've been, I'm in multiple recovery programs. I have years of recovery. I have worked so many fourth and um, fifth steps, ninth steps, 10th steps. And when I do 10th steps today, um, one, two, three, four, sometimes five 10th steps, they just don't do it. Like I'll talk to the person, I'll give my 10th step away. And then they'll say, well, so, okay, great. It's released. You feel better now? No. No, I don't always feel better. I can turn it to God. No, I don't always immediately feel better. And so for me, I have to seek outside help for my anger. I have to do really productive things. My disease for me is mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. I have to do some kind of physical exercise to help me with my anger. It lives in my body and it needs to be released somehow. And here's here's the thing. So at the core, beneath that anger is the cold vulnerability the like extreme sensitivity and vulnerability of a child that was beaten and traumatized. And so the anger is just a protection device. And I, you know, I eat to numb the anger, but more importantly, I eat to numb the fear and I eat to numb the vulnerability that lives beneath the anger. Because when you crack that M&M shell, you know, I am the hard M&M, hard on the outside and really soft on the inside. And I'll wrap up with this. I know that's uh, my time is um, we have to work all the steps in these programs and I have to do it on a regular basis. And I also have to realize when um, I need to look to outside things to help me with my anger because the program helps and it helps immensely and my connection with my higher power helps immensely. um, But sometimes we need just a little bit extra. And I'm so grateful for recovery because today I now have the aptitude to respond versus react And I'm just super grateful for everyone on this line um, for the abstinence that I have today and um, 
that of just not giving up and continuing to forge a connection with a higher power to help me heal. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria L. Michael, followed by Irene. Thank you for your service. Hi. Thank you for your service. My name is Michael. Definitely compulsive overeater. One of the things that I continue to learn, and uh, my best friend many, many, many years ago gave me uh, a plaque for one of my anniversaries, and it said, slow me down, Lord, slow me down to a walk. And I've had it for years, and it's only been about six months ago I framed it. And I look at it more and more because I don't get angry. I get hurt. And depression is anger turned inside out. And I have issues, resentments, that I do my best, especially with my older brother. He did something very, very wrong to me. And I I mulled over it. I get uh, sad, depressed. And then I thought, at page 449, nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And what I had to learn over the years is to truly slow down because I was, when I was young, I was on on high speed all the time, running, 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 talking fast, to almost talking where you couldn't understand what I was saying. And the first gift for me, which took a long time, was to learn how to express myself slowly and to speak or pronounce as clearly as I can because a lot of people couldn't understand me because I spoke so fast. It takes time, I've learned over the years, and it's taken a lot of years, to actually smell the roses. And now my higher power has given me a half a block of garden that I created uh, in the uh, community where I live. And uh, it's so exciting to go down and water and weed and plant. And it's like my meditation. And it actually takes time uh, to really... Thank my higher power for giving me this gift and to really slow down. And when I hear people talk fast, it makes me scared because I realize that uh, it makes me scared because that was me. And the only way I could really comprehend what my higher power was saying was to take the cotton out of my ears and put it in my mouth. I was too busy wanting to say what I wanted to say, but I wasn't able to really listen to what was being said. So I'm very grateful to uh, Visions, and especially because it's gotten me back to reading and understanding and practicing what's in the big book and doing my very best to be as honest as I can be. And my life, my higher power was answering prayers that I prayed for my family. Uh, and and look, because praying for my family, it's given me the greatest gift in the world. I have a sister who's disabled, and uh, she just wouldn't go out. She wouldn't do this. and my higher power answered the prayer and she's calling me and talking to me and wants me to take her out and take her to her pool. And that's Hi. the greatest gift. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Michael. Irene, followed by Barbara E. Oh, Irene, we don't hear you. Press star one to unmute and make sure your mute button. Can I be heard? Yeah, there you are. Okay, Hi, good, Irene. good, good, good. 
Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I might even be a recovered bulimic from Louisiana. Um, I've been praying for God to give me the right words to speak on this issue of anger. Like so many beautiful shares before me, in my early life, in the first six years of my life, I was not allowed to be. I didn't have the right to be. I, I, um, I didn't have the right to be anger, to be angry. Um, and then later, I didn't matter. So, um, except if I served a purpose. So, anger. <laughs> Uh, I'm approaching 40 therapists in my lifetime, and they all said that that I was completely out of touch with my feelings and that in order for me to recover, I needed to get in touch with my feelings, and I did not know how to do that. And I suppose I would have the right to be outrageously angry at some of the things happened to me in my early childhood, but I accept those things intellectually. I feel anger now today in my day-to-day life, but when it comes to my past, I I think I'm still numb. So this anguish thing is, 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 in a way, a bit of a mystery to me. And when I feel anger, I feel liberated <laughs> because I just do pain and hurt. And it's like, and I'm just the victim and poor me. And I really just feel tremendous pain. And and, and I know how deep it is now that I, I'm not binging and purging. I have over four years of sobriety. Oh, my God, what a miracle that is. But this anger thing, you know, and I say I don't have anger, but I must because um, I believe I do have resentment. So if I have resentment, that means I have anger. Just more passive aggressive, perhaps? Not really sure. I love the expression Bless them, change me. And I know that negativity cannot possibly exist in gratitude. And when there are things that are beyond my ability to bear, or so I think, then I have to focus on the things that I'm grateful about. Uh, I'll just say that I do have to allow myself to feel the anger but I can't stay in it because I can't stuff my feelings anymore because that's what got me sick. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene B. Barbara E., and then we'll take more names for sharing. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara E. in New Jersey. Well, fears, resentments, angers, are like walking into the water with heavy rocks in my pockets, weighing me down. I was drowning in resentments, angers, and fears. Thin or fat, I was miserable. The world looked bleak and storm clouds were always on the horizon. 
because I've done no further spiritual work. There's a saying, that noise isn't me, by the way. There's a saying that goes, what do you get when you sober up a drunken horse thief? You're left with a horse thief. So spiritual work, further spiritual work, has to be done. It's a death threat for us if we still carry around our resentments, our fears, our angers. I have a sick brain and my life is in danger. It'll kill me spiritually and perhaps physically. So I must face my fears, my resentments, my angers. But as with a lot of things in life, it's far easier to make the observations than it is to actually do something about them. But it's infinitely grave to stay in resentments, angers, and fears of tomorrow and sitting on my pity pot saying, poor me, poor me, my fourth chocolate milkshake, and locked in my tiny prison, but desperately wanting to find the key to release me, and all along not realizing I had the key in my pocket, but I never thought to look there. I was always looking for that key in all the wrong places, like Dorothy. The key was within me all along. I smiled at you, but behind my smile was anger and fear, and it didn't give me an opportunity to accept the key, so I got into my heart. So I had no choice but to trudge forward every day in this life-changing program. I continue to pray that God will take a walk with me, inspire me to be more accepting, tolerant, loving, and giving, and, le and less selfish. It is far too easy to get caught up in my own problems, focusing on what's lacking, that what's really where I should be counting my blessings. And to kind of paraphrase what Bill said on page 66, it's plain that a life which includes deep resentments leads only to futility and unhappiness and to shut ourselves off from the light of the spirit that can lead me back to the insanity of compulsive overeating. So every day I must say the third step prayer, the set aside prayer, meditate, meditate and faithfully complete my night my nighttime eleven step review. And in the morning to ask God what he plans for Thanks. me to and accept it gratefully. Thank you all for this beautiful meeting I passed. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 66, if we were to live through these things are poison, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name. Charles H. Melissa. Cindy. Oh, dear. Oh, all I heard was Charles and Melissa. Deanna P. Deanna P. Jane F. Rick J. Linda D. Okay, so you know what? We Kelly. really don't have time. So I think it, after Jane was maybe Rick, and even Rick, I'm not sure you'll get a full three minutes. So here's who I have, Charles, Melissa, Deanna, Jane, and Rick. And those of you who missed out, hopefully can share on the second hour. Charles H., go right ahead. Thank you very much. Um, so... 
if we were to live, we had to be free. So that, that condition right there tells me that, you know, if if I am full of uh, the buildup of human emotions, I'm not living. I'm, I'm not even, I guess I'm just existing. So, you know, this all these paragraphs in the big book shows me that, you know, although the monkey is off my back, the circus is always in town. And, you know, it's so crazy. I had a resentment from yesterday's meeting. Um, you know, people subbing other people that are great teachers and great speakers. And, you know, it, it came up because of a, a, a unresolved resentment from the day before or whatever. Multiple. I never catch them all. And it's all good. And, um, you know, every everybody on here is a teacher. I learn from the person that say what they say, and I learn from the person that don't say what they say. But that means, like, we can't put a number on how much ten steps you should do or we know this is the fourth step, we know that. But it is a byproduct of the tenth step. It is a is it's a learning, it's a coping mechanism still, you know, and and, and uh you know, everything underneath that is fear. Self centered fear. What are they gonna think about me? How much people are gonna text me after I speak for a good three minutes? And, you know, are they gonna die me if I go over three minutes and get off the stage? You know, ten minutes after it's like you know, we're going with life. You know, everybody has a great share, and everybody has a great opportunity to speak your mind. But then after three minutes, you got to get off the stage. So <laughs> I say that to say, like, yeah, I'm super abstinent, but that don't mean, you know, I don't have these feelings every day. How dishonest am I to be talking about? You know, like somebody say, hey, how you doing, Charles? Yeah, I'm fine. Knowing I'm burning up inside. That's dishonest, selfish self-seeking, and fear, right? So, yeah, I'm so grateful to, to embrace um, the circus because the circus is here whether you want to admit it or not. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Melissa, I think it's Melissa C. Hey, good Hello. morning, Rebecca. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, Melissa. Hey, thanks. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Rebecca. I almost said I'm Rebecca. <laughs> I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and um, yeah, I got it. I have to live free from anger, and yet not in denial of what disturbs me. And you know, like for me, I always had I had two modes. Like one, denial. Like I don't see it. It's like I cover my ears. I close my eyes. I don't acknowledge it. I'm numb to the reality. And it's like piling all around me. I wear this smile on my face. I like go out. I'm, you know, like I grew up, like put your lipstick on, you know, just put on the happy face. And I would believe it. And then it would like overtake me and I'd be in complete obsession. And it would be all I can think about, all I can see, all I can focus on. It would be literally, I would be seeing red and I would be overwhelmed. And I have to say that I used to look, you know, um, I used to look at people who could get angry visibly with a little, like, almost admiration because I never felt brave enough to do that. Like, that's, it scared me and it thrilled me. Um, and, um, you know, and, and I thought, I thought when you get thin, you get in touch with your anger and you get to be one of those people who gets to 
get their point across all the time. They get they get to make their point. And then I find out here, you know, I put the food down and I'm like, oh my God, I've been angry for a really long time. I just wore, I just, I'm a faker. I'm, I'm a fraud. No wonder why I felt like, you know, um, like I was going to be found out because I was really pissed. And, and of course, afraid, afraid of, of lots of things and afraid of my anger. And this is very different. No, I'm not, I, you know, I can't be like those other people who can be visibly angry because this really, to me, a lot of this is also step one. I'm different from other people. I'm a distinct entity. Not only can I eat, like, no, I can't eat sugar, and yes, I have to weigh and measure my food, but I can't, you know, I can't eat self-righteous indignation. I can't, I can't go out and run amok. And, you know, and thank God we've got another way. It's not denial. It's awareness. And then we move to acceptance. We find our part in acceptance. And what I find out for me is, Dubious luxury, unreliable, and a suspicious extravagance, and it will kill me. So if I'm, you know, if I'm pissed off because there's dishes in the sink, what I'm saying is the dishes in the sink are more important than my life, and it's just that clear. And when I, when I can see that, I have a chance of being free from it. I can't be dominated by my circumstances. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Deanna P. Followed by Jane S. Uh, good morning. May I be heard? Yes. Thank you so be much heard. for your service this morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Deanna P. Gratefully recovered in Wilmington, Delaware, one day at a time. Um, I guess I'll just be Melissa's PS because everything she just said is what I wanted to say. So I had a few thoughts to the PS. How's that? Um, wow. Yeah. I, you know, this program gave me the gift of resentment um, because I didn't even know I had them. Uh, when I sat down to do my fourth, I'm like, I'm at, I get along with everybody. Um, n- no, I didn't. I was in such denial, such denial. I didn't even know. But as an earlier uh, share or two said, I grew up in a home that was terribly abusive. My father was an alcoholic. Um, You know, I I was never asked, how are you doing, Deanna? How are you feeling? It was more, what's your problem and what do you need now? So you learn from a very early age that you must cope with unwanted emotions by stuffing them. Um, And uh, anger has no place because, well, Dad's mighty angry right now. Mom's mighty angry right now. So there's really no room for you to be angry right now. So you grow up your whole life and you're stuffing, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years of anger. And you stuff so much after a while, you don't even know it's there because it becomes your norm, right? It's kind of like the person who lives with an injury for for so many years they don't realize how injured they were until they had the surgery. And they're like, Oh my God, I actually live like that. I walked one, one time I walked around on, uh, I had a bone spur in my heel and I lived with that for two years until I had the surgery. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I lived like that for two years. And that's what this process has done for me. And just, you know, I don't have to have guilt anymore about feeling angry. I can feel angry because Lord knows I'm going to. I'm going to feel a lot of things. 
but I have to give myself space to feel the feelings. I can't heal until I feel and just acknowledging them saying, it's okay. It's okay that you've, but what are you going to do with this now? Are you going to let it seethe? Are you going to boil it on the stovetop? You're going to stir it. What are you going to do with it? So that's what the tools allow me to do. I'm going to feel them, but what will I do with them? And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Deanna P. Jane F. followed by Rick J. Good morning. My name is Jane F. And I am grateful to say out loud that I am recovered today uh, from compulsive reading and neutral around food. And boy, does it feel good to say that. Um, uh, what a great what what a great meeting! Thank you, everyone, for your service and all the shares thus far. I mean, I've gotten something out of each and every one of them. I just absolutely love this group. You've helped save my life. Um, <laughs> I uh, have been around uh, the fellowship of um, actually OA and AA for over 12 years now. Um, sober in AA for uh, over 12 years, but struggling in OA for years and years and years. And finally, this last time through, this most recent time. I've been gifted with the uh, the gift of neutrality around food, and so I was absolutely able to go through with a clear channel, a new sponsor, and a new way of looking at uh, at all my stuff. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I heard early on in my other program that, and I have a little um, card that I keep in one of my books. I couldn't tell you where it is today, but and it says, and I remember reading this for the first time and thinking how extraordinary this was. Resentments are like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. And you know what? That's how I live my whole life. And uh, today in recovery, um, I had a sponsor early on that taught me um, feel, deal, and heal. So I will feel these feelings. I will feel, I try not to call them resentments today. I like to rather call them disturbances because I will have disturbances because things outside of me disturb me because it's not my script. It's not the way I want it to go. And other people don't always do the things that I want them to do when I want them to do them, how I want them to do them. And I look at it totally differently today. My spiritual condition is my solution and God is my solution today. And my sponsor has just really driven home the fact that I can't get my value from everything that happens out there. My value comes from God, my relationship with God and my priority is God, and my, my second priority in life is my fellowship, OA, and, and then comes everything else, and I have to put all of that in front of everything, and uh, I don't, I try, I, I can't say I don't let these disturbances get me, they do, but it goes back to page 417 in the big book, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today when I am disturbed, not if I'm disturbed, it's when I'm disturbed what I do with them. And when I accept them, I, I can continue my peace and serenity inside me. I just have to look at myself and why I'm disturbed, you know, and I'm learning to do that today. And I'm learning to look at my character defects that it's usually the same ones that always pop up. And uh, I see that so much clearer today because I'm clear of the food. So thank you, God, for that. And thank you all for being here every day. It's an amazing program. And I'm just very grateful to be living in love today and not so much fear. Uh, so thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Jane F. Rick J. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, 
My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered but not cured compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. That's been such a powerful meeting. And I uh, I was thinking about this. Uh, if we were to live, uh, we had to be free of anger. You know, and I, I think about living in freedom when I think about this. Uh, I, I think about living with this connection with the higher power, you know, and, and there's no way that I can have any real connection with this higher power and to live in freedom when I have that that anger, this not just this little word anger that uh you know it it's such um a deep powerful meaning for me. Um it's it's about cycles of rage. It's about uncontrollable rage. It's about these these things. My magic magnifying mind is taking events from my past and and magnifying them and intensifying them to where it dominates me. You know, and I, I heard one someone share in the meeting one time that you know um, I'm my body you know is unable to process certain foods and and my and my emotions are unable to process um, you know certain feelings. I I just am not equipped. You know, and I think about what someone did to me and, you know, the pain that it caused me. And that's all I can see. And it's it's like the landscape of a volcano, like an entire landscape of, of just all these volcanoes that, you know, that are erupting. And my daughter um, was telling me one time, you know, in a family therapy session recently that she had a distinct memory of me chasing her up stairs and into her room bellowing like a mad beast you know where she went into her room locked the door and was hiding in her closet and later she was saying that you know although I I didn't hit her I just there was something that just in me had snapped this you know this definition that I, I saw you know Katie touched on that with that old definition you know is is a you know this fit that's you know this insane fit it's it's like this temporary violent fit of insanity you know and all i could see was red and it was just some little thing that a little girl did i mean how in god's name could any any little action from a little girl like that produce such a reaction in me and she said that when she looked at me i was no longer her dad she just saw this this beast, this monster, this angry thing that didn't even look like her father. My face was red. My eyes were just had changed. Now, that's me not taking a drink, and I've got to be free of that, and thank God for these steps, and thank God for God because that's the way I get out of that. You know, I can release it through these steps without a pass. Thanks, Rick Jay. Does anybody want one minute to share on what was read? Julianne W. Okay. Uh, was it Janine? Joanne. Or Joanne. Joanne. Go ahead, Joanne. Okay. Hi. This is Joanne Wagner at Joanne W. from Pennsylvania, composed of a reader, recovering. And, um, I just wanted to share just to work on 
working through that fear, fear of sharing and relating to a lot of things that people have said about about um, anger and resentment. Growing up in a home that was filled with anger and something that I always feared because I always saw the worst of what anger could do and that always trying to repress it in me and my dad being an alcoholic and my mom being a, over, a compulsive overeater. I saw how addiction played out as a had born into an alcoholic family, addicted family, and, and for me. Fine. Um, okay. Thank you. Sorry, it was so short. Thank you, Jillian W. Glad you got a chance to get in there, sneak in there. Thank thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 17,197. That's 17197. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Janice P.M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Will do. Here I am. Yes, Janice, a compulsive overeater recovered from Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, pass.